Random House, a place for podcasts. That right there is the shape of punk to come. Lost in Society, a three-piece punk rock band from Asbury Park, New Jersey, has been grinding to move the genre forward for half a decade now. Our special guest host, Brandon Carodi, sat down with the guys, Zach, Nick, and Hector, in their van outside of their show in Chicago this spring. We want to get right into this one because the guys explain it all. Lost ideas, their DIY approach, revenue streams, from the rhyme book to the ledger. Thank you to Big Picture Media. Here's episode 12 with Lost in Society. Sounds like your guys' new like single off the new album. Uh, I want to know. Went through a bunch of iterations. Um, sounded like it was over the course of an entire year, really. Um, and that it almost got left off the album. So I don't know if you guys want to talk about maybe what actually did get left behind or like how much it changed from start it to finish. It was like way or... longer. Yeah, so the song basically, there was there were a bunch of different parts to it than there already are. Yeah. And it was like a four and a half minute song. Um, and I, we, we liked it, what we had, but we just one day just stopped playing it in practice and it just kind of fell by the wayside. And then we were writing for this new album I kind of came across, like, I keep everything on my phone, like, in the voice notes, like, mm-hmm. songs that I have, and I just, like, kind of looking back for some inspiration, I came across that, I'm like, man, these parts are really cool, like, I wonder what we can do with them, and then I sat down for a writing session with Pete one day, and I showed him the song, he's like, oh, yeah, like, let's do this, though, instead, he's like, I was like, oh, man, but, like, what part should we keep, it was like, the pre-chorus and the chorus, I was like, oh, what part should we keep, he's like, he's like, you should keep both, but switch the order because they were originally like in completely different orders. Mm. Is like and cut them both in half, and I was like, oh, that's like that's really interesting, and uh, we tried it, and then it ended up being like a slightly over two minute song. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, for a while, I mean, we wrote it like maybe a year before we recorded the album, and for a good six months, it was a forgotten song. And I remember that the intro too. We like didn't know what to do with the intro. Remember, because yeah. like we thought it was weird going right cool. into it, and then we, we had, had like, like this a, crazy, in, like not kind of weird longer part, and we played it like four times at practice. I remember like Zach stopped and he's like, "This is stupid." And I don't. Every, he's like, "I don't like dumb. this." Everyone thought it was dumb. Nobody, like, wanted, nobody to wanted to say it. Say it. Yeah. So, so then, then he like, broke <laughs> the ice, and we're like, <gasps> "Yeah." And I was like, "Yo, how about we just do like three badass hits?" Like, dun, bah, dun, bah, dun, bah, and that's what like. Now it's one of my favorite songs to play. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of my favorite songs on the record too. Yeah. Yeah, it's a fun one. But there were definitely, like, a good amount of songs that we left off. That, yeah. Especially, yeah. like, when it came down to crunch time. Like, there were a few songs that... Remember that song Flag that we had? Yeah, it, yeah. like, it kind of sounded like a Black Flag song. But it was, like, a little more punk, a little less, like, polished for us. Mm-hmm. But it just, like, never came to fruition the way it should have. And no. There were some like, cool parts and, like, some cool... But it just, like, it never... Yeah. yeah. Like, we were playing it and people was like, yeah, I don't know about that one. Well, one and of the I didn't things, really like it either. I liked it, but like one of the things that Pete said when we like, he was like, "It's cool, it's tough." He's like, "But the the main thing that you get from the song was was the guitar thing. Like the lyric part of it, like wasn't something that you would retain. You just like remember the yeah, guitar." Yeah, it was like it was like a tough whatever. part. And then he was like to Nick and Hector, was like, "Well, because Pete and I were against the song going on the record, and they were like, "No, we want to do it." 
And then Pete and I were like, well, do you like playing the song or do you like the actual song? And yeah. they were like, oh, I guess we just kind of like playing yeah. the song. It was that a fun was... song to play. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There were some like cool, like for me, there were some cool drum parts in there that I really liked. And But yeah, when he when they put it like that, I was yeah. like, that's true. I just like really like playing it. <laughs> so I guess what makes a difference between the songs that like just missed the cut is it is it noticeable every time? Is it an easy decision with the ones that end up getting left off? Or I think we, a lot of times it goes unspoken between us, which is really funny to me because we'll play songs for a little while and practice and we'll write a bunch of new stuff and yeah. eventually we'll just stop bringing up songs to play. Yeah, and they just like, kind of like just an fall about, like, like, I want to know that happened too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, like one day we just stopped playing it and no one ever brought it up because we were like, all right, like maybe this just isn't a song, at least for now. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's like we never put in an, like we never put a song in the grave for the most part mm -hmm. like we'll, we'll leave it open-ended yeah. but we'll pretty much be like without without it being like said completely we'll just kind of leave a song off and not really work on it anymore which i like the, i love that about the way that we do it though because mm -hmm. then there's not like we don't have to have conversations about it it's like we're all in the same page mm -hmm. without saying that we're in the same page it's just like yeah we understand it yeah like playing the band so long like we just kind of know each other like i'll play a new song sometimes and i always like i can always tell when nick isn't super into it me too because he acts like a little doofus he, does. he like acts all pissy when he doesn't like a song when we first play it and uh but then eventually he'll usually end up liking the song but it's funny like it's, it's always interesting writing with nick too because he's i could always tell like pinpoint immediately like we could be like four seconds of the song and it'll be like already decided if he likes it or not and I'm like, Nick, give it a fucking shot. Like, are you kidding me? Like, give it a minute. Could you give it a minute? It needs to go to space, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I usually I usually end up, every time that Zach brings a new song in, I usually end up some, liking something about it, you know? Where it's like, yeah. it's, maybe it's not like the whole thing or whatever, but I always like like something about it. And I'm, I feel like I'm more open than Nick to working on stuff. And like, I'm more open-minded with things that like, Okay, like, but Nick this never song stops us from doing No, he that. doesn't. Not at but all. You I'm can not always tell when he's that. a little less enthused right. about certain <laughs> yeah. things, which is funny. But and when he's into a song, you can totally tell because he's like a kid in the candy shop. He's like, "Bro, I have this part for the fucking pre-chorus." <laughs> I mean, as far as, like, new punk goes, there's not a ton out there that, like... I mean, there's a lot of good stuff, but unfortunately, like, the stuff that gets really popular is, like, that whole new pop. bullshit pop punk. Yeah. Like, the dude who, like, just dropkicked that girl off the stage, like, all that bullshit. That's, like, not pop punk. It's, like... Yeah, I don't know. It's, like, metalcore, but, like, with melody, kind of, instead of, like, I'm screaming. Not it. It's not pop punk. Right. Yeah. The Yergs are pop punk. Yeah. They're not pop... The Descendants are pop punk. Yeah. Whatever these bands are, they're not pop punk. But, uh, like, the punk bands that I've been listening to, like, and I was, like, Dead to Me and the Flatliners. Yeah. Uh, I guess the Menzingers are considered punk. I don't really consider them punk, but they're just, like, one of those bands who are in that scene that, like, we all really mm -hmm. like. Yeah. Um, and Green Day. Of course, oh, well, Green Day, obviously. Obsessed with Green Day. Green Day is the greatest band of all time. Um, Interesting you say that, because we noticed uh, an Instagram post I think you guys had as a band 
saying that the only band that matters was the Clash. Oh yeah, yeah. No, and the, the Clash. Clash yeah, the Green Day is the only other band that matters. Yeah, <laughs> Clash, There's this promoter at home that does like. Um, Every couple of years, she would get like a bunch of local bands, and you mm-hmm. pick a band that you want to cover, and, and she puts like a, a show like that together. And we did uh, we did a Clash cover set, and Sam played with us actually, and his brother Dylan, and uh, we did how many Clash songs? Eight songs? Eight. Yeah, eight yeah. songs. And uh, that was fun. We did a Green it was Day awesome. One too we did a Green yeah, Day one too, and they did an Offspring one, I and I was in Brazil, so I didn't play for that one. Yeah, the Offspring is not as cool as the other No, no. We just yeah. They're fun. Definitely but. not. And for Green Day, we did all the duking and for like front to back, which was yeah, which is sweet. Yeah, which was cool. Yeah. But I would say the state of punk right now is all like all the bands that you see. I mean, I guess it's the same thing as rock and roll. Like all the big bands are still like they're all the old school guys. Yeah. Like there's, yeah. there's such a big gap between the the legendary status, like all these big bands who make you know crazy guarantees, and then. The bands who are seen, like at least in our eyes right now, like who are doing really well, but the levels are so different. Like a band like the Flatliners is playing in front of, if they're lucky, a thousand people. Yeah. Meanwhile, the Descendants can get back together at any point and play now in front of like ten thousand people right. at any festival or more. So it's like this big gap, big gap, which is interesting. There's no like mid-level punk band right now that's like. Breaking in like like in the early 2000s mid 2000s you had those bands like anti-flag was on the radio all the time Yeah, and now you don't hear anti-flag on the radio like alkaline trio was on the radio for a while now You don't hear him on the radio like there was that time where I was like oh cool Like punk is kind of breaking in again to the mainstream mm-hmm. and then now it's like all swept away So yeah. it's very interesting like to, to see the, the whole dynamic like break down because now it's like all right you get college radio sometimes you hear some punk and then you're kind of left by the wayside if you're not like a mainstream like old school hardcore like punk band or something i think it became a lot more underground too you know like like he was saying like you take a band like the flatliners you're you're not going to hear the flatliners on the radio or like you know it's more of like um like a community driven thing you know where like you take a town like we come from, like Asbury Park, it's a, like a big punk community. Like everybody in that community knows who the Flatliners is because we're all in that community. Mm-hmm. But like they're not break. And I've, I'm not trying to like talk bad about them or anything. I'm just using them as an example. Mm-hmm. Is that like they haven't broken out into like like more of like a mainstream level where like I have friends that are not in necessarily the punk community but like punk rock that don't know who the Flatliners are because they never got a chance to get introduced well, to them. Well even like the Bouncing Souls. You talk, you take the Bouncing Souls, they've sold millions of records. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. a few of their records have gone platinum. Right. And when we're on tour, like I'll bring them up and I'll be like, oh, like we're from Asbury Park, New Jersey. And they're like, oh, that's cool. I'm like, yeah, the, you know, the Bouncing Souls, they're from there. And people will be like, who? I'm like, how do you, how are you at a punk show and you don't know who the Bouncing Souls right. are? Like, they've sold millions of records. Like, like that's like, to me, it's like, oh, I don't know who NoFX is and stuff like. Right. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. And for but, us, grow for us, like our, like age group is, I got introduced to a bunch of my punk rock because of like Tony Hawk Pro Skater, like that was a humongous outlet for bands to get discovered at, you know, and like. What what has happened like Tony Hawk Pro Skater to help punk music recently? Really, nothing, yeah. you know. So, yeah. Well, now, like, I mean, dude, they go where the culture goes, just like Warp Tour. Like, yeah. They go where the kids like. So, 
Warped Tour, everyone complains about how it's not punk anymore, but the fact is, like, 15 to 17 year old kids don't really love that type of punk anymore. Right. They like the Dream shitty out. metalcore. Yeah. So, Warped Tour books metalcore because that's how they make money. Right. No, totally. And it's unfortunate, but, like, the state of punk is, like, it, you know, it's hard for bands to get, like, bands like us, like, to kind of get out there, you know, because there's yeah. not, like... Every time we talk about it, I'm like, man, I should just go home, go back to college. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you mentioned Warp Tour. What's been your experience on that? It's fucking brutal. <laughs> it's fun, though. I mean, it's fun. everybody who works on Warp Tour is, like, the greatest people yeah. you'll ever meet. They take care of bands, like, unbelievably well. Mm -hmm. I mean, you get three meals a day. You get beer. You get water. Everyone's really cool. All the sound guys are cool. The production's great. Um, it's awesome. I mean, everybody's so nice. The problem is now, for us, there's not a lot of punk bands on it. No. So to be us... And then, like, a few years, like, we played, like, a few dates on it when Rise Against it, so that was awesome. Yeah, Bay um, Bayside, um, like, mixtapes one year did mm -hmm. it, but it was a lot of, like, bands that we didn't, not, I wouldn't say not get along with, because a lot of them were nice. It was yeah. just, like, music that we, that we're not, not we into. can't, mm -hmm. you know. Associate with. We like can't the associate main, with. Like, the main headliners were, like, falling in reverse and, like, a deal. Yeah, who I stuff. can say, they're terrible people. <laughs> I have no problem saying that, like. Ronnie Radke, you're a horrible person. I hope you somehow hear this. And <laughs> I know you're bigger than me, but I will attempt to fight you because you're horrible. Exactly. And please quit music because you're doing terrible, terrible things to the music industry. Anyone who listens to your band. <laughs> we can tweet this clip out and add him if you want to. Yeah, we're starting a beef. We said we wanted to start a beef on this podcast, so it's here now. Falling in reverse, you're our beef. <laughs> and like with Warped Tour... It we were almost like the outcast, you know, like, like, well, we would try and find people in like old school punk shirts and be like, Oh, you should come see us then. And like, if you like those bands and everybody I found had like a bad job that said they were working. I'm like, Oh, never mind. <laughs> you, you work here. But if you want to come see us anyway, like, just come on over. Yeah. Come hang out. When Later. did you notice that kind of change? Like from you guys, punk not being the main at, I would say like mid 2000s. Yeah, yeah mid 2000s. It's yeah. like it started to like switch over. Because hmm. I remember like the first year I went, like so many, we saw so many punk bands. It was insane. Yeah, I saw Alkaline Trio against me. Bouncing Souls. Uh, Bouncing Souls, like Tiger on yeah. me. Sweet. Yeah, like you could fill your whole day yeah. with like watching and like miss some still. Like Anti Flag yeah. would be on it. And now you go and you're like, cool, I'll see like a few bands. Like this year is like the best year it's been in a while. Like Sun 41's yeah, playing. Cool. Yeah. Uh, that'll be cool. A few other bands. But uh, it's still just not yeah. not the same. It was cool like in 08 when they did the old school stage, like Face to Face and yeah. all those cool bands played. But Man, if we started doing this in like 95, <laughs> we'd be killing it. Perfect timing. <laughs> yeah, timing can be a bitch sometimes. Yes, it yeah. can. Still waiting for it to come around.
little bit. What, like, what are your kind of goals for this year, and what would kind of what would signify success for you as as a band in 2016? Getting a booking agent. Yes. So if any of them are listening, come on. Yeah, I mean, as of right now, like, I've been booking, like, all the tours and the shows in the past, like, year, couple years. Hector and I did it for a while, but Hector runs his own business when he's home, so he's a little busy. So I, like, took that burden on, which is fine, but it's, like, it gets to a point where it takes away, like, I I write the songs for the most part, so it takes away, like, all right, am I going to take this night to try and book more shows for this next tour that's coming up or am I going to take an hour to try and write new songs and it gets really hard to to weigh those options and then like work on top of that and then have to go and play other shows and practice the other songs that we have so I think um, you know we, we've done a ton like we've played the festivals we've toured on our own we've done Warp Tour we've gotten great reviews on the records um, we've had big turnouts to shows everywhere um i think the next the next step is us getting somebody who believes in us as a booking agent and is like all right we're gonna put you on the road with this band or this band or this band like because from what we've seen whenever we play on big shows or in front of any type of crowd people connect with us like they really like the music like even if it's not their their cup of tea the music like they they feed off the energy that we bring when we play. And a, a thing that I've heard a lot after our shows is that people feel like it's just like genuine. Like what we're bringing in our songs and how we play is just genuine. Like we're not up there trying to be something because we think it's cool or because we've grown up thinking like, oh, playing punk is cool, like that'll be fun. Like we genuinely believe in what we're doing. And I think that comes off, the authenticity comes off, like, when we play. Mm -hmm. And I think people really appreciate that. So, yeah. Booking agent. And, like, the biggest, (laughs) like, business-wise, this year, we we made the record two years ago. And the plan was, at the time, we were going to pitch it around uh, to labels and, and try to get some people behind it. And what ended up happening is we just kept touring so much that we kept saying... We kept pushing the record off, pushing the record off. And before we knew it, it was like, it was going to be two years that this thing was recorded and we were been playing the songs and it wasn't out. So we were like, look, let's put it out on our own and try to find a good publicist. And we had talked to Big Picture Media back in like 2009 when we were babies and Eastern Empire had just came out. And um, we wanted to do a campaign and it was totally out of our budget back then. And we, you know, we're like, look, Let's try to get a good publicist behind to get some good press, get some good attention. And then we, you know, we hooked back up with Big Picture Media and they've been really, really awesome to us. So I think that move was like one of the best career choices we've done in our entire careers. And Are we that, calling this a career now? <laughs> I thought a career came with salary. <laughs> and um, it opened up a ton of doors for us. And, you know, now like the, the record is out, it got some buzz around it. Um, we're going to go back home this summer and, and try to uh, uh, put some more songs together, do some demos, and then, uh, you know, keep touring, keep playing, and, and see if anybody bites on, you know, helping us put a new record together. Mm-hmm. So far, we've been, we've been self-funded this entire time. So it's like, it's hard to fund your records, your production, your merch, your tour, like, you know what your I mean? Life. Like, your life. Your life, more importantly. <laughs> so it's like, 
we one. when Dana came in and Big Picture Media came in, it took a huge way off of our shoulders because like now we had professional people handling the PR side of things. Hence mm -hmm. why you're here right now. Because if we didn't have them, we wouldn't be having this conversation most yeah. likely. So we just like need people to kind of get behind the band and, and like that believe in it and take the workload off of our back. Mm -hmm. Not saying that we're just gonna like hand everything over to someone. We're still like gonna be totally super involved, but. So that so, way, like, uh, he doesn't have to, he doesn't have to keep booking shows, like, you know, we don't have to worry about doing the management side. There's other people that that's their job, and our job is being, you know, the talent. It's just focusing on music and getting better at our instruments. So I guess, mm -hmm. like, if we can get to that point and we get some good people behind us, like, if we have big picture media and a good booking agent and a good manager, a record company, like, to us is not necessarily, like, it's important, but, like, we're more concerned about a booking agent and a manager, really. If we can get those two pieces to our puzzle, I think, like, we can do some really, you know, even better than what we're doing now. Because for a solely, like, f funded and run band, like, we don't do too shabby, you know, so. It's funny you mentioned, is this a career yet or not? And you mentioned that he runs a business. Um, so you guys all have to work on the side or do other things. And this is this the side or is this the main? This is the side. This is a side. This is, this is a... Um, out of pocket vacation. Yeah. Every time. We don't pay, we don't get, like, the band makes yeah. money. Mm -hmm. yeah. But we're not to the point where, if we were to come home from tour and divvy everything up, Nick would be calling us the next day, be like, all right, guys, we gotta pay for this, 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 yeah. and this. And then it'd be right out of our pockets again anyway. Yeah. So we're not at the point, like, you know, when we started touring, it was just out of pocket. We would lose a ton of money. The band would make no money. Yeah. Now we're at the point where, like, we come back with a decent amount of money. And we could throw that into things like PR yeah. and a new record and, you know, just Facebook new ads merch. And just, just expenses. Like anything, just expenses, which is nice. So, like, it's not it's not so much a loss anymore. Like, it's still a personal loss. But as far as the band goes, we won't have to worry about certain things coming out of pocket. So, And from, like, a business standpoint, like, like you said, a couple years ago, we were totally, like, everything was paid out of our pocket. So throughout the years of us touring... The amount of money that we made has gone up. It's just it hasn't gone up to the point for us to make money, but it's gone up. So at least like we look at it as it shows progress, you know. Mm -hmm. But then we also understand that that progress is going to hit a wall because there's only so much that we ourselves can do. And if we don't have somebody else doing it for us, when we hit that wall, is you know, that's like when you plateau like that, it gets a little scary because then, you know, gets discouraging and stuff and all of that comes into play but we don't make enough money to like make money mm -hmm. but we make money to cover what the band needs to cover yeah. for the most part yeah I think right now like we're in a good spot and everything has been on the up and up slowly yeah. but it's going and uh yeah I don't I don't see any signs of us like really slowing down anytime soon I think probably quite the opposite yeah. at this point yeah. and like us like uh, with our lives back home like we've always been pretty open with like like Nick and I have a business and Zach like in the summer he's like he works as a lifeguard so he's totally like swamped with that and then we all have our things that we do back home and we just somehow manage it so we can do both mm -hmm. but doing both full time is extremely overwhelming most of the time yeah. so it's just crazy like we just have everything going on at once all the time <laughs> So as far as how you guys make money with the band, um, I guess what are the big drivers of that? Is it the tours, the 
uh, selling the records, merchandise, anything that you post online. We, it's like we do well in merch. Boring, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we always have our markets where like we'll do well on a guarantee or like we know we'll get paid well for the night. Um, but we sell, we do pretty well in merch. Mm. So I mean, that's really most. Yeah, it's got. I would say like, it's like sixty forty merch yeah. and shows. Yeah. Also, too, like, for having like done it so long too. Like we know, like he said, we know people everywhere. So it's not like we're staying in hotels. Like we're staying with our friends and stuff. Yeah, we'll we'll that. get like one or two hotels to tour. Yeah. Hmm. Other than that, like. Well, if we have to, we'll sleep in the van. We haven't had to do that in a couple of years. No. But, um, like, we're fine with sleeping on floors. Like, we don't care. Mm-hmm. Like, it's part of what comes with it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. You know. We'll probably, we'll, even if we start making a little bit of money, we're still going to, we've talked about it, we're going to be yeah. very skimpy with everything, you know. You don't need four hotel rooms. Yeah. And we're like, you know, we're, we're, th- we're a pretty basic band. There's three of us. We don't have any crazy equipment is guitar bass drums so like we don't have a crazy setup like we don't necessarily need a sound guy we don't really need techs like we need somebody like sam <laughs> like pretty much utility like utility man the utility man mm-hmm. it, you like, could drive you, know, you could do merch you could play every instrument so like if we start getting to the point that we're getting like bigger guarantees and and we have more money coming in like we're probably going to keep touring exactly the way that we're doing it now until we're if we ever hit it to a point that's like okay yeah it probably get to a point where we're like if we're making a decent amount of money like comparatively to now like we'll get like one hotel room a night yeah something so sure like, and now we travel pretty comfortably like we have friends all over the place and like last tour we got a decent amount of hotels last tour so like yeah. you know it's not that bad and a lot of our friends are like adults now so they have like nice places yeah, and yeah we like just clutch yeah Plunge. <laughs> I know what you're thinking, but I don't know what to say. And everybody's leaving, and I don't want to stay. I just want to go out, yeah, I want to go away. Let's follow our hearts now, cause I don't want to pray. after this I guess there's more touring I think you mentioned something about recording some more yeah, songs so in the summer yeah so we have like a tentative plan right now to go in and record a couple songs with Pete again and um, start working on putting out a 7 inch just to like bridge the gap between albums cause we already have a decent amount of songs we've been working on like the whole summer we really want to write um, we have a few weekends planned out like in New York local show um, and then I think in the fall we're gonna do a little run uh, we got offered like a couple festivals, like smaller type things, but like fun stuff mm-hmm. uh, that we can't really announce yet. But um, something up in New York, o- Oklahoma, yeah. Chicago, here, you know. Um, so we'll probably do like two to two week to one month long tour, depending on how the cards fall. Um, sometime between like September and October, and then we usually don't tour in the winter anyway. So we'll probably just like really hunker down and like write a ton and maybe do some more shows and plan the rest of the year. Cause we usually, we're usually about like six to eight months out of like knowing what we're gonna do, mm-hmm. depending. So that's, uh, yeah, about to the end of the year we'll be writing and still touring a little bit. And see what happens from there. 
Yeah. So you guys either did or are going to play a show, a charity show for Des Kadena? Yes, did, yeah. we did that. that you did that recently? Yeah, yeah. How was that experience? That was awesome. Yeah. Um, Des actually came up. He took my guitar. I was, I just came home. I did a solo tour in April. I came home that morning and we had this show and I wasn't used to like playing really hard like I do in this band. So I like I ripped my finger open like the first song and I was like bleeding all over my guitar throughout the set. And Dez was supposed to come up and play Fix Me, the Black Flag song with us. And uh, I was like, oh, hold on, like, let me change out guitars. Like, this one's all bloody. And Dez was like, give me the blood. <laughs> give me the blood, which is, like, super cool. So like, he puts my guitar on, and, like, we play Fix Me, which is awesome, like, all 50 mm. seconds of it. Um, it, cool. it was really cool. I mean, it was it was a great show. It was, like, yeah. really good turnout. And it was awesome playing for a legend. Like, yeah. Dez has been in the Misfits and Black Flag, like, pretty fucking crazy. Can't, really nice guy, too. Yeah, really nice. Right. It was cool. We were glad, like, we could help out with, with that because... He's going through some tough shit. That yeah, sucks, he is. But and the event raised like a decent amount of money for him, yeah. so like it was yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, nice. it was fun too. Man. It was a really good time. Um, and so just quickly, not all the people who listen to this will probably necessarily know who he is. So if you guys kind of just explain as if someone who isn't familiar with him, like what he means to you guys into the, the punk scene and all well, that. He was like, um, he was in Black Flag, like pretty early on and he sang for like two seconds and I was like yo I don't like singing so he just played guitar so he's a guitar player for Black Flag but then also too he um he played in the Misfits like this the new version of the Misfits like that isn't really the Misfits like not the one with not Danzig um and then he uh he's playing in Flag too right now which is like um Keith Morris um and like uh Steven Egerton and Bill Stevenson and stuff um, so he's a guitar player in that now, but, um, you know, I mean, we all listen, we played with the Misfits twice with him in it, which was sweet. <laughs> um, and then just like Black Flag is just for like any, anyone that's in punk music, it, there's that, that influence is there. If you don't know what those four yeah. bars yeah. are, then. Yeah, if you don't know what those four bars are, like. Yeah, you probably don't know. What we're referring to their logo, if, if yeah. you don't know what they are. Yeah. <laughs> Turn this off. You don't yeah. know. <laughs> Go like pick up a record or something. Yeah. I don't know. Just check us out. Yeah, Go to lawofthesociety.com. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, yeah. you know, all the social medias. We're all over. And just. Come We're on one nice of the guys. shows. Yeah, come <laughs> see a show. We're nice guys. Yeah, you can watch cool. us do kickflips and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> to see the music that was played on this episode, and for a few extra minutes, check out the rhymebook.net. Thanks to everyone who's tuned in. Make sure to follow us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and AudioMac.